Eagles Entertainment. With the 15th pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by Life Brand. I'm your host, Fran Duffy, and day two of action at the National Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Well, it's in the books. We've got the offensive linemen and the running backs to break down here on the show. We're going to start things off with pick six, where Dane Brugler from The Athletic is going to drop by to provide his six standouts from the athletic testing portion of tonight's workout. After that, we're going to transition to Draft Buzz, where Chris McPherson, Ben Fennell, and I share our thoughts from the field work, who stood out in drills, We're going to break it all down from both of those positions here on Friday. As always, before we get started, I want to make sure to remind you guys, make sure you head on over to our Apple Podcast page, leave us a rating, leave us a review. If you've got a question, a mock draft, player rankings, whatever it is, we will break it down. We will answer your questions on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much to everybody that has done that lately. That said, let's transition now into Pick 6 with Dane Brugler. Now it's time for Pick 6. All right, excited to welcome in to the Journey of the Draft podcast, NFL Network analyst, Dane Brugler for pick six. Uh, Dane, uh, making your debut on NFL Network here on uh, on Friday afternoon. Welcome uh, welcome to the Journey of the Draft podcast. Thanks for us for slumming it with us here uh, on the Journey of the Draft podcast. <laughs> no, it was fun. Uh, I tell you, Andrew Siciliano, we're buddies now. Uh, as soon as I'm done with this uh, this little podcast, I, we're, we're going to meet up and hit up some bars. And uh, But uh, – yeah, no, it was, a, it was a good workout today. So uh, running backs, offensive linemen, it was uh, a very productive night. Yeah, no doubt. So let's get to uh, the running backs worked out last. It was all the offensive linemen first. But uh, I know that a lot of people want to hear about these running backs. So I'm interested to get your thoughts. Who were the the six players overall that stood out? We'll start number one uh, from the running back position. Got to start with Brees Hall. Uh, you know, he teased during his uh, media availability that you know, it was going to be a good time in the 40 and uh, he didn't disappoint Four three nine uh in the 40 yard dash. Uh, when you watch his tape, I don't know that you necessarily see that. I mean, you, what you love about Brees Hall uh, is the patience, the vision, the decision-making uh, all of that is, is outstanding. And, you know, he could break tackles, but I don't know that you necessarily saw four, three speed, uh, but also that translated with the jumps 40 in the vert 10, six in the broad. So just overall uh, a great night for Brees Hall. Yeah. Really, really impressive workout. I thought he did a, a solid job in the positional drills as well. Uh, another running back that I know stood out to you, different level of competition. Uh, tell us what you thought from uh, Pierre strong from South Dakota state. Yeah, a player who over the course of his career, he was basically a four-year starter for South Dakota State. Uh, he averaged 7.2 yards per carry over his career. So uh, that, that's impressive right there. Uh, and he, he did not play at the Senior Bowl, didn't get that call, uh, but he comes here to the combine, runs a 4.37, the fastest of all these running backs. Uh, it's respectable in the jumps, 36 vert, 10-4 broad. So Pierre Strong, I think, you know, kind of, uh, made a little noise uh, with with his workout today. Uh, a guy that's you know when when he got a little bit of a runway, he he could do some things. Uh, you know, FCS level like you mentioned, but throw on the Colorado State tape from this past year, and he's doing a lot of great things. So uh, you know, he's a guy that might not have that elite size or contact balance, but he runs with tempo, runs with uh, really controlled feet, has that speed. So uh, a, a guy that caught the ball well. Uh, so I think, you know, maybe in the right situation, he's a committee back, a third down back, 
uh, someone that uh, could be uh, useful to an NFL offense? I would say that Strong is probably on the short list of players that I would say like is the the best player I haven't watched yet. Like I haven't done a full study mm-hmm. on Pierre Strong. I've heard a lot of good things about him, but I hadn't heard about the speed and the playmaking ability. So I, I want to ask you: Was like was that something that you expected? Did you expect to come out of this week and he would have the fastest forty amongst the running backs? Not necessarily. Um, I didn't think he was slow by any means, but I, you know, when you watch him on film, it's kind of, especially the FCS level, it's hard to get a sense for what's that breakaway gear. Um, uh, but I, I, and I didn't, I think he was a sudden player, but he's not a burst player. Um, but I, I do Got think it. he's a guy that picked up speed as he went along. And uh, we definitely saw that when he ran the track uh, today. Makes sense. All right, well, let's get to the offensive line. Who's uh, the number one guy that stood out to uh, over the course of the athletic testing portion of this workout? Well, let's just start with Zion Johnson. Uh, he, he ranked top five uh, among the offensive linemen in almost every category. Six three, three twelve. I mean, we, we've we've talked at length about Zion Johnson and what he has, you know did over the course of his career at BC, what he did at the Senior Bowl, and he's just continued that momentum uh, with what he did uh, here tonight at the Combine. Four four six in a short shuttle, which is an outstanding number. Seven three eight three cone, uh, thirty two vert. Uh, he had the best bench number earlier today with 32 reps uh, in the bench press. So Zion Johnson, again, it's just checking the box, checking the box. He's uh, he's a guy that's impressed at every single uh, every single part of the evaluation that you want to see. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all you're asking for with players is to to check as many of these boxes as possible, and you're seeing that from Zion Johnson. Check the box with the film. Go to the Senior Bowl. You win Practice Player of the Week. You go to the Combine. You have a good performance. Uh, a guy that reportedly is interviewed very well. So Zion Johnson certainly building up that momentum going into the rest of the pre-draft process. Who's the number four for you uh, here tonight? Uh, I think we have to talk about Abraham Lucas from Washington State, who uh, just you know came here to. I thought you know during Senior Bowl week he was solid, uh, wasn't great, wasn't wasn't terrible. Comes here in Indianapolis and runs the best short sh- shuttle of, of any offensive lineman at six six three fifteen. Uh, had one of the best forty yard dashes at four nine two. He tied Trevor Penning for the top three cone at seven two five. So Abraham Lucas, uh, I, you know, he's known for pass protection you know, in that Washington State scheme, uh, uh, not as much as a run blocker, but held his own as a, in pass protection. I think he kind of reminded everybody that, you know, I'm a good athlete too. And, you know, there are some things I need to work on with my anchor and, uh, you know, some of the things with his hands. But in terms of the movements and his ability to get out in space and, uh, you know, ranges in, in, in the run game or uh, his pass sets in the passing game, uh, pretty impressive athletic showing from him tonight. Yeah, he moved better uh, than I expected coming in. You know, we saw him down uh, in Mobile for the Senior Bowl and just watching him on film as well. Uh, it was a really impressive performance. We're going to talk about him a little bit later in the show as well. Uh, let's get to your next guy, number five here on this list. Well, speaking of the Senior Bowl, uh, and I just mentioned him, Trevor Penning, uh, 6'7", 325. Uh, this guy is he's freaky with the way he moves. Um, and I think it was a little bit expected, but it's still, when you see it in person, it's still pretty impressive. Four eight nine in in the forty yard dash, uh, which is second above, um, among all the offensive linemen. Vertical jump twenty eight, uh, three cone seven two five. That was the best three cone among all offensive linemen. Uh, better than some uh, some of the wide receivers uh, with, with that type of three cone, which is uh, pretty bonkers. And then a four six two in the short shuttle, uh, which is uh, more than respectable. So Trevor Penning for a guy that at that size six seven three twenty five. 
has we we know he has the movement skills. We know he's a nasty, nasty dude. Uh, but you know the athletic, uh, the the testing numbers check those boxes as well. So Penning, uh, you know, he's helped himself throughout the process tonight included. So it's just before midnight Friday, March fourth. <laughs> We're like <clears throat> three two. Sorry, PK. Friday, March fourth. I want to get a, a little status check here on Trevor Penning. If you had to guess. Where, where does he go off the board? Again, what kind of range are we talking here at this point with Trevor Penning after seeing him here in Indianapolis, down in Mobile for the senior bowl? Uh, what's your projection there for Penning in terms of draft slot? I'll put the over under at pick 16. Uh, you know, is he going to be in the first half of the first round or the back right. half of the first round? And I think there's, you know, especially since he plays offensive line, offensive tackle, those guys usually don't last. Uh, there's a lot of teams that need offensive linemen. And, you know, it, Penning's not the most refined player, but guys that are 6'7", 325 and run on the four eights, they're just not walking down the street. So uh, I, I, to get a guy like that in the first round, there'll be a lot of teams that have interest. So um, I, there's a there's a pretty decent chance he goes in the top half of the first round. So uh, I'm sensing a theme here. You, you've picked three straight senior ball offensive linemen, uh, and I believe you have a fourth one to round out this list of six. Yeah, let's let's keep it going. Um, so, you know, it's some names that I know a lot of the, the, the listeners are familiar with, but uh, Cole Strange uh, from Tennessee Chattanooga, who's uh, I, I think going to be a starter pretty early in his career, uh, whether that's a center or guard, 6'5", 307, uh, comes out and uh, he was really impressive with the jumps. He had the best broad jump of any offensive lineman. He had 10 feet, which again, that's better than a lot of running backs, better than a lot of wide receivers. Uh, so an impressive number there. He was second in the bench press 31. Um, and he's not, you know, it's 33 inch arm. So decent arm length, not, not a short arm guy uh, and put up a uh, good numbers in, in the short shuttle four, five, zero, three cones, seven, four, four. Uh, so just a, another guy that, uh, you know, checking those boxes with, you know, coming from the SCS level, you want to see him do, do well against top competition. He, you throw on the Kentucky tape and he's doing looking, you can tell right away who that, who the prospect is on that Chattanooga offensive line. So check that box goes to the senior bowl more than, uh, you know, looks like he belongs in mobile comes here to the combine and, and really shows out. So, uh, I, I think uh, I'd be surprised at this point if uh, if Cole Strange is still available after day two of the draft. Interesting. Well, we've got uh, six players up, six players down. We are halfway through drills here in Indianapolis for the scouting combine. Dane, you'll be back on tomorrow to break down the front seven and the athletic testers from that group. Thanks for joining us once again here on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. All right, time now to transition to draft buzz as I welcome in Chris McPherson and our friend Ben Fennell, who is fresh off the truck from covering or being a part of NFL Network's coverage uh, of the National Scouting Combine. Ben, uh, I know it's been a, a crazy week. It's been a really a, it's been a crazy couple months for you. Uh, how, how does it feel to uh, be halfway through uh, the National Scouting Combine? Well, we're rolling downhill now. Uh, you know, we're off and running. We're halfway through. The prep and the lead up is so intensive and uh, obviously, we have to have so much ready for this marathon broadcast of four days and covering all these players and obviously want to balance things with showing the guys on the fields and drills. We're also having some entertaining stuff and elements, showing them playing in college and, uh, you know, trying to keep everybody's entertainment and excitement level as well. Um, it's a unique event and it's a lot of fun to be a part of. There's really nothing else like it as far as a 
participation event or an on-field television event. You know, it's a very unique event. It's fun to be a part of. Um, there's really no formula to it. We set the standard for how the combine's gone on TV. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. So DJ Rich and Traeger and Charles Davis and all our on-field analysts, a lot of people involved. It's a lot of fun to be a part of. I love, Ben, the the videos, the packages that you work on in particular that show how the combine drills translate to the NFL. So you'll show a guy, a prospect going through his combine, you know, doing some of the position work. And then all of a sudden, this is why it's important during the games. Well, I think trying to relate this all back to the game of football is important and not just make it the underwear Olympics and every drill has a purpose, maybe a little bit more detailed and some minutiae in there uh, to kind of explain its on-field translation, but they all have a purpose. They all reflect some sort of movement pattern um, or example of on-field play. And I'm just trying to connect the dots and not everything is a perfect one-for-one example. So DJ helps me out a little bit with some enthusiasm and kind of connecting those dots and uh, filling in the gaps where we need it. Um, And it's also a lot of fun to reflect back on some of those guys and to see Lane Johnson back in 2013 and some of the stars of today, uh, you know, whether it's we'll have an Aaron Donald tape tomorrow. We showed Tom Brady yesterday. It's just fun to see them and reflect back on their careers and who they are today and that they're not so different. And a lot of those techniques and movement patterns have carried over for years and years and years. So just trying to connect the dots for what we're seeing on the field. Um, a lot of the routes and things are self-explanatory. Some of the movement pattern stuff just takes a little bit of connecting, but uh, it's a lot of fun to try to add some more video content to the broadcast. Well, let's get into uh, making that transition now from the combine stars of yesteryear into who stood out on the field here tonight. And we'll start with the first group of offensive linemen, group four here overall at the combine. And just real quickly, the, the players from this group that did not participate, Ben Brown, the tackle or the guard from Ole Miss, Daniel Falele from Minnesota, the offensive tackle, Luke Gedeke, the uh, guard slash tackle from Central Michigan who got dinged up down at the Senior Bowl, and then Iowa star center Tyler Linderbaum uh, also did not participate in these drills. So, uh, C-Mac, I'm interested to kind of get your thoughts on your first player that really kind of stood out to you over the course of position work, the, the field work uh, here from this group of offensive line. Yeah, not looking at the, the timing drills. I'm going to go with Cam Jurgens. Thought he showed explosive burst, maintained a low base to generate power into his turns, kept really good balance and form in the mirror drill. Uh, other names I, I know we're going to get to, I, I would love to highlight here. I thought there were some tremendous performances tonight, but if we're going with the first one that stood out to me, I'm going to start with Cam Jurgens from this group, guys. Yeah, I, I thought Jurgens was really, really impressive and really just across the board. All the different drills uh, they were asked to do, especially when you come, you get into uh, the, the foot quickness and you, you mentioned that ability on the move, the, the, the pulling drills and uh, the screen drill to wrap things up. I thought we saw some really good things from Cam Jurgens, And honestly, it's the, the athleticism that we see from him on tape, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. I think his balance and his body control really showed up in all those drills while still in show and still showing some explosive movements and moving quickly to spots. And I think being under control is so important. And I think we saw so many reps today in a variety of drills where guys just went a little too fast. And I think it's a number of, a number of things. Number one, they want to be quick. They're enthusiastic. Their adrenaline's running, but you also have to be balanced. You have to be under control. You have to have your cleats under you. You have to be able to play with a sturdy base. So, not just being recklessly explosive. I thought Cam Jurgens was balanced and looked extremely in control of his body movements. 
for me, another guy that I thought was really impressive was uh, Kellen Deach from Arizona State. Just really, really smooth in all of his movements. And again, across the board, uh, you saw the light feet. You saw the, the silky smooth hips. Uh, you saw the ability to move confidently in reverse. Uh, but then also just the the, the short area burst uh, when he was asked to get out on the move as well. So uh, for me, Kellen Deach, another guy that, uh, you know, you saw that athleticism on film that carried, all, carried over onto the field tonight at Lucas Oil Stadium, Ben. And real quick, Fran, there's a lot of confirmation at this event. You're confirming what you saw or you need to kind of go back and recheck. So the low-hanging fruit, you know, conversation of that first group, Charles Cross, Iki Aquano. Is there anything after today's performance with those two that you feel like you need to go back and reevaluate? No, not necessarily. Uh, if they're not for me, I, I think of both guys, you know, maybe if we don't say like, oh, they were uh, the best workout. I think we saw plenty from both to say like, yeah, you know, we, the, the athleticism we expected, we got a chance to see. c I don't know if you uh, saw the same thing. Yeah, I thought Iquanu, fast feet, good change of direction, explosive coming out of the pulse, just a very easy mover, a nice glider. And, and what, what's interesting for me is obviously you guys have done months and months of work and you've seen so much tape on these guys. The challenge is for, for someone like myself is you don't want to just say just because it's player X who might be a potential first round pick on these mock drafts and say, oh, well, he had a good position drill just because he's that guy. You know, I'm trying to separate it so I don't have that clouded picture going into this. But Iquanu just definitely stands out when you're watching him compared to the other guys out there on the turf. Who's uh, who'd be the next guy on your list? You know, who I like I like the uh, Texas San Antonio lineman Spencer Burford. No Uh, doubt. Yep. I agree. I thought, he got, thought he got good pop on his pads, acceleration on the turn, uh, going out for the screen. He looked natural when he was asked to pull. You know, that's, again, when you talk about the quote-unquote names, he might not be at the top of the list, but just from the pure workout, just from what I saw in the field today, I was impressed by what I saw from Burford. Yeah, I thought that, you know, he had an up and down week down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, uh, but I thought he, he had a nice workout. I thought he did a really nice job. I would say the same thing about another Senior Bowl offensive lineman in Jatiree Carter from Southern. I thought the athleticism really showed up with him as well, uh, especially on those pulling drills. You saw that basketball background on display, just a really smooth athlete, really light feet. Uh, both of those guys uh, really showed up, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. And just kind of collectively taking a step back at these body types, this offensive line group, I think we're out of a, the era of the bellies. You know, I know yep. uh, our good friend Quinn Miners, you know, kind of uh, stole the show last year with that big belly coming out of Wisconsin Whitewater. These guys are weighing in at 320, 330. I didn't see a whole lot of fat guys out there. I didn't see a whole lot of jiggle in those in those movement patterns drills. And I think Evan Neal is really the poster child for the body types and kind of representing this new age athlete that we're seeing at offensive line. The body fat percentages are low. The body types are lean and angular. It's a lot of fun just to watch this group at that size still be very athletic. And I mean, 330, 15 years ago, those are the fat guys. Those are the round guys. Those are the guys that were, you know, barely cooking under six seconds in the 40. You know, those types of guys out there were sloppy in movement and they were just people movers. We're in a completely new era of body types and it's really exciting. 
Yeah, another guy that fits that mold is a player that Dame talked about earlier, uh, Zion Johnson. It, obviously, he tested very well, um, but I think Zion also deserves praise for his position workout as well. I thought that he looked really, really solid in drills. Just a couple other honorable mentions from me. Dawson Deaton, the center from uh, from Texas Tech, I thought he had a really good workout. And Luke Fortner from Kentucky just uh, continues to have solid showing. C-Mac, I don't know if you have any other names uh, kind of written in your notes, but uh, for me, Zion Johnson kind of deserved mention with this group as well. I'll give a quick shout out to Abraham Lucas of Washington State. Uh, I thought he checked the boxes kind of across the board, very solid, smooth in his transition with his poles. Um, just really checked a lot of the boxes I thought out there today. All right, well, let's get to uh, the next group of offensive linemen. And just, again, we'll kind of start things off with the players that uh, did not participate in the positional workout. That's Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal, potentially the top pick uh, in this draft. Dari Rosenthal from Kentucky, the left tackle there, really athletic uh, in the 40, but and did some athletic testing, but did not do the positional work. Uh, Andrew Rupsich, the, uh, the small school offensive lineman uh, from Culver Stockton. He did not participate. Jamari Sawyer from Georgia, the left tackle, potentially a guard in the NFL. And then Rasheed Walker, Penn State's left tackle, did not participate. So uh, that said, C-Mac, who's the, uh, the first guy on your list that really stood out from the, the drill work here with this group of offensive linemen? There was a section where there were like four out of five guys that were going pretty close together. And it was a treat to watch because each one was trying to one-up the other and it was the first one in this group, Dylan Parham from Memphis for me. Might have been my favorite offensive line positional workout of the entire afternoon, evening. A nice, easy mover, power and balance in his pass rush drops, rounded the corner nicely. I, I just, again, I think there were some tremendous workouts here, especially in this group. I thought there were some highlight performances. But I'm gonna, if you're going to say who's the first guy that comes to mind, Dylan Parham would be the guy for me. It was a uh, it was a tight race, but I did have Parham as number one for me. Uh, and again, that athleticism that we saw on film. I know he was one of my uh, workout warrior picks going into the week on my combine combine cheat sheet. Uh, I expected that Dylan Parham would have a nice day, uh, and he followed up with that. I thought he looked really good uh, in positional drills. And again, it goes back to the film, Ben. It's it's exactly what we saw from him over the course of his career, in Memphis. No question, you saw the bend, the flexibility, the change of direction. Uh, you know, his ability to sink his hips and uh, really play laterally as well. And he's a strong player. And I have to go to Bernhard Raymond as my kind of standout of this group. I don't think that was any surprise to anybody. I think once you got his converted tight end into tackle in shorts and a T-shirt, he was really going to shine with his movement patterns and change of direction and showing uh, some quickness as well. And just one last thing about your note about guys that didn't participate. Man, pour one out for Andrew Raposich there at Culver Stockton. Tweaked his hamstring on that first 40. Unfortunately, his day was done after that. That's right, Culver Stockton. This was a great opportunity for that team to get on a national stage and get some attention for a prospect out of that school. Really feel bad he couldn't work uh, finish his workout. Yeah, it's always rough uh, when you see those kind of things happen. Um, Raymond was the guy. I mentioned there was a tight race. Raymond was the guy that I came down to uh, with Dylan Parham. C-Mac, I'm pretty sure that was the case with you as well. Uh, the yeah. one thing with Raymond, too. I mean, he just looks outstanding on the hook. Like he, he is really well put together, carries all that weight really well. Uh, and again, the, the fluid movement patterns all show up. You see the athletic background. Uh, he was a, a pleasure to be able to watch here tonight as well. You know, Fran, on, the, on the top of my list here and to kind of transfer out of Raymond because, you know, I think we kind of expected that. So I just wanted to give him the attention, check the box and keep it moving. On top of my list, the offensive line from today's workout that I'm going back home to watch some more tape of, Sean Ryan out of UCLA. 
I thought he had quietly tested really well, jumped 33 and a half inches at that size with that big old butt. Man, he is an athlete. He might be sliding in to play guard. He has really good size, but he moved really well as also today. He's a guy I want to go back and really uh, study his tape a little bit more thoroughly to see, is he potentially a fringe top 50 player? Interesting. Uh, yeah, Sean Ryan, uh, a guy that stood out. C-Mac, who would be the, the next guy for you uh, on your list? Not the basketball star, but Chris Paul out of Tulsa. <laughs> I thought he was like a dancer in the mirror drill. Good pounds in his pass rush drops. Just was checking the boxes across the board. And again, it, he's coming right after Dylan Parham, who was sensational. Chris Paul, nice lower body there. You know, I, I, I like the workout that he put out there on the field today. So that's why, Ben, I was always like, Cross my fingers when you were like, who's the guy I'm going back to check home? But I thought Sean Ryan had a good workout as well, though. I, I That was a good call on your part as well. For me, the guy that's like, the oh, I got to go back and watch more of is Zach Tom from Wake Forest. I, I thought that he was really impressive. Uh, you know, and it, it was like drill after drill. He was a guy I hadn't studied. And just kind of as we got to like halfway through the workout, I kind of turned to you, C-Mac, and I was like, man, like, Zach Tom's having a really nice day so far. I'm trying to take notes after every single rep. And when you see like, oh, like another plus sign, another plus sign, another plus sign, you're like, man, like he's, he's putting together some really nice drills here. I thought that Zach Tom did a really nice job. I know he tested well as well. So uh, Zach Tom from Wake Forest, I thought he really kind of helped himself uh, here this evening. Uh, Tyler Smith, the left tackle from, from, uh, from Tulsa uh, also really, really stood out. Um, I know that he had some really good flashes from the testing portion, but I think when you look at, uh, at Tyler Smith, Ben, uh, this is a guy that to me, like I didn't, I didn't necessarily expect him to test or to, uh, to look as fluid as he did during the drill work. And I thought that uh, that was, that was big for him here tonight. Yeah. I think both uh, Tulsa guys deserved a shout out there. Chris Paul from CMAC and Tyler Smith uh, from you there, Fran. I thought they both looked pretty well on that. A uh, really good offensive line out there at Tulsa. Tyler Smith has a lot of tools. We know he needs to clean up some techniques, some footworks, hand placements. He brings some tools you can't teach, though. He's got some length. He's got some nasty. He's got a lot to work with. I know there's a lot of offensive line coaches that would just salivate to get their hands on that ball of clay, uh, certainly. And the last thing about Zach Tom, Wake Forest, Fran, played some center, played some left tackle. Kind of a really interesting career in that kind of hybrid skill set can play up and down the line. In shorts and a t-shirt out there, or his tights, he looked incredibly lean. He looked tall. He looked high cut. He almost looked like a really athletic tight end out there. He looked like a really interesting pro- prospect. That's a great call. He's another one I want to study further. Yeah, he, he really, really stood out. And then uh, Trevor Penning as well. Uh, I thought he had a good workout, C-Mac. Uh, you know, we, we talked about his uh, the toughness and the physicality. And, you know, Dane obviously brought him up a little bit earlier from a testing standpoint. But Trevor Penning uh, deserves some praise for the uh, for the drill work as well. Uh, let's now transition, guys, into the, uh, the running back group. And uh, the players that did not participate in drill work here, a little bit of an extensive list. I'll kind of get through it fast. Washington State senior Max Borgie, he did not go through drills. Uh, Treston Ebner from Baylor. He did not participate in the drill work. I was excited to see him out there uh, on the field. South Carolina's Kevin Harris and South Carolina's Quan White. I'll, I'll throw the, the two Gamecocks in there as a duo. Neither Gamecock participated in the drill work. Michigan's Hassan Haskins. Uh, he's still nursing that late season injury. Devontae Price. Uh, I know he ran some 40s but did not participate in drill work. Alabama's Brian Robinson and then uh, Oregon's CJ Verdell. So you got a number of uh, running backs that didn't go through these drills. That said, there were plenty uh, that did participate, C-Mac, and I'm excited to get uh, a sense of who your number one guy was, the guy that most stood out to you here on Thursday night. I'm going to go with an under-the-radar name, Greg Bell, San Diego State. Love it. You know, 
sharp cuts on the Texas route. I, I just remember saying, whoo, when he went out there and did that. He nailed the Deuce Daly drill. Um, great gra- route and grab on the wheel route. Was smooth in and out of his cuts. His footwork was on point. So, you know, not mentioned as one of the top backs, per se, in this class. Uh, but, you know, we're looking just at this workout, what I'm seeing on the field here on this Friday night at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. I'm going with Greg Bell. He, uh, he just looked really confident at the catch point. I, I have not done him yet. Uh, ben, I'm not sure if you've gotten eyes on Greg Bell. I'm interested to kind of get your thoughts of if it's something you expected uh, to see from him here on on, uh, on the turf at Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah, he's got some wiggle, and they run a lot of kind of pro-style attacks. He can put his foot in the ground. He's kind of a one-cut guy. I'm just kind of refreshing off my notes off the top of my head right now as I'm, I'm flying blind here a little bit, but I don't remember him contributing in the past game a whole lot outside of really just screens. So showing off some angle routes and some uh, more diverse route tree as they show at the combine here, I think was uh, really important for his kind of evaluation. Uh, for me, let's get into James Cook uh, from Georgia, who, mm-hmm. I mean, just caught the ball so, so well, all different angles, all different different depths. Uh, you saw the explosiveness. You saw the shiftiness. I thought that James Cook uh, really, and this wasn't a surprise. This was a guy we expected uh, to come in and impress. I thought James Cook really, really looked good in the position work, Ben. Well, the very last thing they did, the wheel route, the only yep. downfield route, only running back to catch the ball above his eyes. He didn't basket catch it. He went and got it like a receiver. And I thought that just really embodied and encompassed and represented his confidence as a receiver. And I think you're really getting a dynamic athlete and playmaker. I'm not calling him a running back, receiver, slot back. He's a playmaker. And if he goes to the right offensive coordinator to make plays with some creativity, he could do a lot for you. I love it. Uh, C-Mac, who's another guy on your list? Uh, Another under-the-radar name, Jerry and Ely from Ole Miss. Thought he had a quick change of direction on the off-tackle read drill to start things off. Was smooth in the Deuce Daly drill, where it's a lot of quick quick footwork in and around the bags. Uh, got good depth on his routes. You would see some guys, you know, you run up to the coach, and, and the coaches wanted you to get some depth on those routes. And, no, nah, he he made sure to get depth on those routes. Did a great job. Some guys would cut it off early to cheat a little bit. Uh, had a nice over-the-shoulder catch on the wheel route. Wasn't, you know, above the eyes as as Ben noted, but still a nice over-the-shoulder grab. Uh, no balls hit the ground that were thrown to him. So a little Jerry and Ely here from Ole Miss for me. He was a guy I was excited to just see coming in. Ben, you've talked about his hybrid skill set before. Uh, this is a guy that has that running back wide receiver versatility, and he showed up. Uh, you know, that, that versatility showed up here. You saw the athleticism. You saw the uh, the playmaking potential there with Jerry and Ely. And, and yeah, there were, he had a couple of cuts that uh, had some of his uh, his teammates down there uh, on the on the field, you know, throwing out some woos. Uh, he he mm-hmm. was able to get those guys fired up. Yeah, he's a sharp-footed kid. He can make a miss in a phone booth. You know, he had kind of an interesting – college career with his usage and play time and had to really take kind of a backseat to Elijah Moore in previous years, used very creatively in 2021. He's another one that I think is a well-rounded, all-purpose playmaker. Don't peg him into just being a running back or a slot back or anything like that. A couple guys I think really should uh, showed out and impressed me more than I expected. Tyler Goodson, Iowa. Kenneth Walker, yeah. Michigan State. And how about that Rutgers kid? Isaiah Pacheo, I believe you say his name, Fran. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I believe. I believe I haven't done him yet, so I haven't done the name yet. But uh, yeah, he <laughs> runs really hard. All you got to do is put on that Ohio State tape. He runs incredibly hard, but he tested well. He looks sharp in drills. Very good catching the football in the backfield. Yep. And I mean, between him and Tyler Goodson and Kenneth Walker, 
those guys are rocked up and thick and look like they're ready for a fight in a, in a back alley as well. So those are guys with some good change of direction, explosive movement patterns, catching the ball extremely well. And Kenneth Walker running in the four threes. I think he clocked up four three eight officially. Uh, I have to check the numbers there. Uh, people thought he was more of a four five five guy. Really, really impressive to run below four fours there. So we'd love to see a simulcast between him and Chris Olave if uh, they're pretty close in the forties. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Um, you mentioned Tyler Goodson. Uh, I thought the the explosive traits. You know, the, that's something that we saw from him on film. Uh, he was moved all around the formation for Iowa, was used as a receiver often, and, you know, ran routes underneath and did some di- different things in the intermediate area of the field as well. And you saw those explosive traits show up uh, a couple of times where you just saw that suddenness, uh, you know, whether it was attacking the ball in the pass game or just taking off uh, in those run drills early. I thought that uh, that he had a really impressive day. C-Mac, who's a, who's a name that stood out to you as well? Who's another name? I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw out, uh, how about Ronnie Rivers from Fresno, Fresno State? Thought he had good footwork, didn't get hung up in the bag drills, no balls hit the ground, moved with speed and precision, checked checked all the boxes. Again, maybe not the flashiest uh, position workout here, but but solid. And again, just uh, overall solid hands, good footwork. So Ronnie Rivers, Rivers from Fresno State for me. Yeah, That's a great Rivers. pick there, uh, C-Mac. And the last name I just want to throw in there, Fran, really fast is Ty Chandler, who I thought had a really solid day. And I thought he had solid tape, you know, whether you want to go back to Tennessee or watch this past year at North Carolina. I think he's a really interesting player and a dynamic athlete. Ran in the four, four fours, caught the ball extremely well. He's explosive as well. Really, really good athlete in Ty Chandler. Yeah, and also, real quick, Tyler Beatty, uh, another guy that yeah. I thought moved well uh, in drills. And, and Not that we didn't expect that, but Tyler Beatty caught the ball well, uh, did a really nice job over the I feel like Beatty and Chandler, those guys that ran in the mid-four-fours, just got kind of overlooked as far as the buzz and the conversation because they weren't, you know, flirting with the four threes like Bryce Hall and maybe James Cook and some of those guys. But when you kind of take a step back, checked a lot of boxes, had a really strong workout top to bottom, looked good in their jumps, looked good speed-wise, linear, caught the ball well, really good workouts quietly in Tyler Beatty and Ty Chandler. I love it. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys uh, that really stood out. A bunch of them uh, cracked 4-4, as you mentioned, Ben. So uh, plenty to talk about here with these running backs, with the offensive linemen. That's it for the offensive side of the football here in Indianapolis. We'll be back tomorrow to break down the defensive side of the ball. On Saturday, we've got the front seven, the defensive linemen, uh, and the linebackers working out Sunday, defensive backs. We'll be breaking it all down right here on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand.